She died from a sudden cardiac arrest and came back to life. And she's here on the Be Healed podcast today to encourage every one of us to never give up because God has plans for your life. Welcome to the Be Healed podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Hannett. And if you or someone is in need and trying to find a way to overcome life's problems with God's power, this is the podcast for you. It's an honor to be with you guys today. And on this podcast, you'll always find interviews, testimonies, and teachings that are all working to build your faith and to equip you with a really strong biblical understanding of how to release God's power in your life. We have a powerful topic today. We're going to be covering the reality that God never, ever desires for us to give up. He himself never gives up on us. And I want you to know that it's never too late for him to change and move in your circumstances. Now, maybe you've thought of giving up or throwing in the towel or just deciding to stop praying for healing because you think the situation is beyond hope. Well, my guest today is going to encourage you because if there's any situation that seemed hopeless, it was hers. Why? Well, because she actually died from a sudden cardiac arrest and the Lord, through his mercy and grace, brought her back to life. And she has learned lessons that she's going to share with us today. And I'm honored to welcome Pamela Christian uh, to the Be Healed podcast. Her testimony has actually been featured on Focus on the Family with Dr. James Dobson. And she is an award-winning author, speaker, and media host. And she actually has her own podcast uh, called Faith to Live By, where she helps people gain spiritual victory over life's issues. So, Pamela, welcome to the Be Healed podcast. It's a great honor to have you here today. Thank you so much, Pastor. I really appreciate it. Not only is it an honor to have you today, it's a miracle that we have you today. Um, tell us about your story. I know people are going to want to hear about this. Uh, tell us what happened to you uh, back in 2002. Well, I had arrived at a private tennis court uh, where I was meeting two other ladies, actually two ladies I'd never met before. One lady who was a friend of all of us. And I was nervous. I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to have a, a steady opportunity to play tennis. And so I needed to impress these women. And what happened was I was warming up and I hit the ball over the fence, not the net, but the fence. And then I hit the ball over to Debbie. I was supposed to be warming up with Jill. It was just mortifying. I was trying to do a good job and here I was doing nothing but making mistakes. And then I noticed that more than being nervous, I was very short of breath and hot and sweaty and much more exerted than I should be for the amount of effort that I put in. Um, I decided to let them know I couldn't play tennis, which I'm sure they already realized for that particular day. But I wanted to sit down and just calm myself down. I really thought I had simply gotten myself worked up. It's a, a truly amazing story, but the progression of events then went, and I excuse myself for having to share this, but it's part of the reality. I literally threw up in public and I felt so embarrassed about that. Um, my girlfriend that was there wanted to drive me to my doctor, but I had new insurance. I didn't know what the procedures were. I figured I'd take myself home. But before I could even get in my car, I began having more and more symptoms. Um, not only the shortness of breath, but the nausea, of course. Then I couldn't hardly speak. 
they were asking for my husband's phone number so they could call him. And I could not even get that number given to them properly. Um, they called 911. They went into prayer immediately, which I'm very grateful for. I believe with all my heart, that's why I'm here today. And the paramedics arrived in six minutes and 21 seconds after the call was made. And the moment they arrived on the scene, they began administering advanced life support. There's a lot of details to this. Some of them are comical, but it's very dramatic. In short order, though, I died. I They told me, and again, a lot of this at this point now, I'm, I'm told after the fact, but they told me they saw my heart had flatlined, but I was still answering the paramedics' questions, which I think is wow. really funny because I'm a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I died and I experienced what I call the threshold of heaven. What did you experience, Pamela, when when your heart stopped, when when you were when, when, when in that moment? What what happened? I was aware of myself. I was aware of my being. I was aware that I wasn't in my body. I felt like I was in the center of a place. I knew I was in the very center of God's sovereign care. But there was no sense of any external walls or a limitation. I just knew I was in the center. And there was a thin white light off in the distance, but it didn't beckon me. Uh, and the there are no human words to really express the peace and the euphoria and the joy and all the feelings I had in that time. I was aware I was a wife and mother. I was aware that they'd miss me. But I knew that they were in God's sovereign care. The, the assurance I had about God and his love and his sovereignty is now something I know experientially. It's not just something of head knowledge or that I've been taught. I've actually experienced it. And while I was in this place, which was just about a minute, and again, I call it the threshold of heaven because I, I wasn't beckoned to go any further. It wasn't my time. But while I was in this mode, they had to get out the zip scissors to cut through my clothing so they could defibrillate my heart. And in that time, my friend Debbie that I had just met, she's one of my new best friends, right? Um, she turned her back. She knew it was a personal moment for me. And she could hear them clanking equipment and somebody yelled clear. And then there was 200 joules of power that was surged through my body. And at that time, she heard somebody say, bag her. And she thought, you can't do that. You can't give up on her now. You've hardly worked on her. And she turns around expecting to see a body bag. What she saw was an oxygen bag on my face. Because with the one treatment, I, I was revived. And I have to tell you a funny part, Pastor Steve. I, Having been where I was and now being brought back into my body, I opened my eyes and I was laying on the sidewalk. So I was looking up into, through the trees and the clouds. And I saw the face of an African-American man kneeling, kneeling over me. And I thought, Jesus is black. <laughs> and immediately I realized it wasn't Jesus. And we are all made in God's image. So, you know, God's every color. But it was one of the men God sent oh my to goodness. save my life. Wow. Now, what about the 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 women that were around you while while they they called nine one one? What what were they doing during all of the time that the paramedics were working on you? They've each one told me their stories of what they were doing because they were actually more traumatized than I was. I mean, I mm. went to an incredibly peaceful place. They were observing people working on me to try to save my life. I mean, talk about making a first impression. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Terry continued praying and stayed on the phone trying to get a hold of my husband and our prayer chain at church. Um, Debbie, as I said, turned her back and continued praying. Jill was singing a song. That was the only way she could, you know, manage to get through it. And she kept saying, 
What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have. You see, the, the stress of the moment made her forget the words of the song. So she just kept saying the same line over and over. She repeated it over yeah. and over. <laughs> and I, I love to sing, and normally I would jump right in, but I had a refrain of my own going, and it was, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Wow. Oh, Lord. I was short of breath. I could hardly breathe. Wow. And of course, this was before. That I actually died, but these were the events that what they were doing, how they were coping. And I, by the way, I will say that I do still play tennis with Jill to this very day. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you if, 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 if you do play tennis, well, praise God. Yeah. So you knew and sensed that you were in what you call the threshold of heaven, that mm -hmm. you were in a, a, a perfected peace, but you knew you were kind of in between. And so you got to taste the the heavenly realm mm -hmm. like you said experientially mm -hmm. just could you talk to us about that a little bit because you've described that it was this amazing piece i know it's hard to describe you said that you know there's no words to describe it but maybe you could just because i think that's hard for people to get here you're going through a traumatic experience on earth and and they just they they just realize your heart has stopped everybody else is in turmoil but but you're in a place of glory. Yeah, absolutely. Again, there are no human words. The euphoria, the peace, the assurance. Um, I didn't want to leave. I, I, I liked it there so much. But Greg Brinkley, who was the African-American man knelt over me, he kept calling my name. And after they defibrillated me, I was actually agitated that anybody would disturb me. I wanted to remain there. Um, wow. I didn't since any other colors, just the thin white light and my environment was more of a, like a, a room that was dimly lit. It was peaceful. It wasn't frightening. It was peaceful. And I think that this experience of mine has been very helpful to other people because again, I didn't feel any of the pain in my body. I, I didn't, I completely escaped my body or left my body. They were working on my body and my spirit, however, was in, I, again, the threshold of heaven. So for me, I really was not traumatized until after I came back and I had to go through surgery. <laughs> right. Wow. Now, Pamela, some people in our conversation, you shared that some people um, said that this was God's way of maybe telling you to slow down. Mm. And, and you, 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 you shared that you responded that it was God's way of telling you to intensify. Could you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, I was already working in ministry as a Bible teacher uh, for many, many years before this even happened. And by experience, by experiencing how our life can be taken from us at a moment's notice, a truly a twinkling of an eye, I realized how fragile our lives are and how important it is that we share the gospel and that we be busy about our father's business. So anytime people would say they thought that God was telling me to slow down, I well up with emotion. I say, no, we've got to accelerate what we're doing. And even mm. now, Pastor Steve, in the days we're living with all that's going on in the world today, it's, these are desperate times. And those of us who know the truth are charged by God to share the truth. Ah, so powerful. So we need to live our fullest for God every day. Absolutely. You know, I, I think this is the right mindset that people have to get into um, that, that, you know, the enemy is always trying to block our destiny mm -hmm. with a multitude of different things in our life. And it's so easy to get distracted or 
easy to say, well, I'll do that tomorrow. Or even worse, like we began the, the episode with, well, maybe I'll just give up pursuing right. what, what God called me to do. Talk with us about why we, we need to keep going. Well, I think you've really set the uh, stage for understanding that there is an enemy and many of his minions who are roaming about to try to cause as much havoc and evil as possible. We've certainly experienced that worldwide since 2020. And the urgency of people knowing the truth, the people, people today are desperate to know the truth. How wrong would it be of us who know the truth not to share it? Mm. There are people literally dying all around us in their spirit, dying in their hope, dying in their dreams. And we know the truth. You know, one of the things I've said before, and it's become a popular quote of mine, is that anytime we give up on anything, we're giving up on God. Wow. With God, all things are possible. So anytime we give up on anything, in reality, we're giving up on God. That's a powerful statement. And I agree with you completely. Because there's hope in him and the hope in him, it does not disappoint. He is faithful. I'd like to read a, a piece of text from, uh, from Matthew uh, chapter 8. And it says in verse 14, Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. Now, I know that this is maybe to some people, they think, well, it's just a fever. But we don't know how bad the fever was. We don't know what the prognosis would have been. But regardless of whether it was a, a slight fever or a major fever that was life threatening, I love that Jesus touched her hand. And, and the Bible says in verse 15, and the fever left her. But this is so seemingly insignificant, but I believe this is significant when it says, and she arose and served them. In other words, that sickness had her laid out and was preventing her from doing what God was calling her to do, and that was to serve, which is a glorious assignment. And I believe that we've got to see there's hope in between her as a woman, Peter's wife's mother, right? And the serving, her, her, her calling. And right in the middle of that is Jesus interceding and saying, I'm going to change mm -hmm. this situation and I'm going to touch you. Talk with us about the goodness of God to do this in our lives. You know, when we read scriptures, we can see again and again and again, Jesus was moved with compassion. Our God cares so very much about us. I mean, the very fact he sent his son to live and die for us to pay the debt of sin we cannot pay for ourselves is evidence of the depth of love that God has for us. And it's not in mass. God loves each one of us individually. Amen. He, de he delights in our individual personalities. And when 
let me share it from this perspective. When I got out of the hospital, I decided I really needed to go to the fire station and thank the men who saved my life. Because it makes sense to want to thank them. They saved my life. They made, they made the rest of my human life on earth possible with God's direction. But if it's natural for us to want to go and thank the men who saved our physical life, doesn't it make sense that we would want to thank the one who has saved our eternal life? And the way we do that is by serving and by following the commands he's given us to love one another and to serve and to help others find the same truth we've been blessed to find by having faith in Jesus Christ. It's so powerful. The scripture uh, is describing that the very ministry of Jesus on the cross is a ministry of intercession. He came and, and he bled for us on the cross so that we would be connected to him. And I, I believe what you're saying is, is very sobering, though, because a lot of people are distracted today. They're distracted with discouragement. They're distracted with listening to the wrong voices. And what you're saying is powerful, that there's, there's a message flowing from the cross at Calvary. And it says, I'm with you. It says, I'm for you. Um, I, I, you talk with us a little bit about Romans. I'm thinking about this, this, this text in Romans chapter 8, toward the end of the chapter. It begins with around uh, uh, 8 verses uh, 31. And, and it describes um, that if God is for us, who can be against us, right? That, that, that he, in verse 32, it says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And it goes on to describe that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I like what you were pointing out, that people are distracted today. And that's a large focus of my podcast, Faith to Live By is the name of my podcast. And I want to encourage people with my conversation with you and in everything I do to listen deliberately, to intentionally make certain we are listening to the right voices. It's easy to be deceived and the nature of deception means the victim is unaware. So it's important for us to realize we could be deceived and not know that we are. So it's essential for us to be intentional about seeking the truth and living our lives based on truth. If we are living in fear, anxiety, stress, dread, any of those things, they are not from God. They're from the pit of hell. Mm. Faith is the opposite of fear. We need to live by faith. And the way to do that is to know, be confident that your faith is based on truth. Very powerful. Seek and live. I I heard you say this. Seek out and and live in, in truth. Pamela, could you just talk, because there may be some people listening right now that would say, how do I do that? How do I live that intentionally to seek and live by truth? How do I overcome these distractions? It's very difficult in our culture because it's become a popular philosophy that truth is relative. And that's the first thing we need to settle is our understanding of what truth is. and. There are three factors that will always, that must all three be in a place for us to be confident a matter is true. First, only one thing can be true, all opposing matters are false. 
Second, truth always lines up with reality. And third, whatever's true where I am is true anywhere else in the world. The truth is universal. And when we know that a matter has satisfied those three proof tests, then we can confidently go about our life knowing it's based on truth. You know, I lived the first 30 years of my life thinking I was living my life on truth, but it wasn't until I experienced a crisis that shocked me, shocked my belief system that allowed me to realize I had been living according to lies and deceptions. I mean, I'm commendably bright and I'm educated. I was really shocked to realize that about myself. But I believe, Pastor Steve, this is exactly what God has been doing since early 2020, is shocking the world into realizing what is true and for us to choose whom we will serve. Will we, will we choose life or will we choose death? I believe the times we're living are that important. I wholeheartedly agree with what you're sharing. And I love how you broke these things out. I'm just going to repeat them. So the first one is the idea that if something is true, then there's only one truth. There can't be two opposing views. We, we can't say that there is karma, reincarnation, and a heaven and a hell. They're, only, they're mutually exclusive. Only one of them can be true. Uh, and that would mean everything else is going to be false. Um, the, other, the other one you said was about uh, the idea of reality. And, and doesn't your experience of, of dying and coming back testify to what the scriptures say? That, this, that what you went through and the idea of experiencing peace at the threshold of heaven and uh, the things that God taught you all match up with what the word of God says. And then the idea that uh, it's true everywhere, not just for some people. And I think that's a major one, Pamela, because when we're looking at that, people often say, well, that works for you. That's good for you. But that's not my spiritual truth. And we've got to come out of that. So we, we've got to look at this and, 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 and let, let's, we're going to get ready to pray here in a couple of moments. Let's, let's, get, let's, let's establish some, some, some things we could all agree on. One of them is that we're all going to be leaving these bodies. We're all going to be leaving earth. We're, we're all going to experience the, the physical first death. No one is staying here. Number two, we need to overcome the death problem. Because if there is a heaven and hell, and there is, and your story testifies to it, personal firsthand witness account that there is life after death, that you don't just stop existing. You, you were aware of your life. You were aware of your body was not, that your spirit was not in your body. We've got to have someone or something to overcome death. And, and Jesus said that he was the way that he was the truth, that he is the truth, and he is the life. We can find that in John chapter 14, verse 6. And that's true for everyone everywhere. I mean, everyone everywhere needs to find Jesus Christ because he, here's fact, evidence on the left, right, front, and back, that his resurrection indeed happened, that he overcame death, that he was stronger than our sin that the Holy Spirit brought him back to life. Jesus overcame death. I mean, there's so much evidence, and we know many people have written and researched it, 
And if anybody wants to know, you just write us, write, write every house, write our ministry. You can, you can write us at contact at everyhousenow.org. And, uh, and we'll send you resources because there's just absolutely infallible evidence that Jesus came back from the dead. And we need to put our faith and trust and hope in him. And if we don't do that, we're going to be lost forever. And so, Pamela, any comments on this that you would encourage our listening audience? Yes. There is a whole world of people who take exception with Christianity, saying that we are exclusive because we claim that there's only one way to God in heaven, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to make this as clear as I possibly can. We don't say that there's one way. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And what Jesus is saying and what he is offering is not exclusive. It's completely inclusive to each and every person who wants to come to Jesus. It's a matter of a willful choice. It's a matter of getting enough information to understand what is true and understanding that we are choosing literally life or death. Pamela, will you pray for those who are listening right now? Maybe there are those who say, the problem is too big. I want to give up. Others may say, I've been distracted, but I've heard this and I want to get focused. I want to use every minute of my life well. And, and maybe there are some who say, I, I, I do want to meet God. Pray for those people, whatever situation they're in, to, to find the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to help them in their time of need. Thank you. Um, Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you first and foremost that you have been working so diligently to get our attention, to get everyone's attention globally. Lord, there's never been a time like this on earth, perhaps even greater than Christ's resurrection. You are presenting information. You are causing us through all sorts of adverse situations to reconsider what we believe and why we believe it. And I thank you for that, Lord. And so now I ask that you put people, your Christian people, into the lives of those who don't know you and give them the boldness and the courage they need to share the truth. And for those who are reconsidering what they believe and are now open to even the prospect that Christianity might be what, they, what it claims to be, I ask you to give them courage and boldness because it's never easy, it's never comfortable to admit we're wrong. But this has eternal consequences, Lord. So I ask you to bring both the people who need the truth and those who have the truth together, united in your love that the truth of Jesus would be made known and we would see this great harvest of souls that we've been anticipating for a very long time. I thank you, Father, even for all the adversities and trauma and tragedies we've experienced since early 2020, because I know you are exposing the evil and the corruption everywhere it exists, beginning with the church, so that you can then deal with it. So we do thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. And we submit to you Thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, thank you so much, Pamela. Yes, I want everyone to be encouraged. God is with you. God is interceding with you and for you. 
And today is a day when we need God's grace more than ever. Pamela, could you uh, share with us how people can connect with you, maybe through your website? And I know that it would be a blessing for them to listen to your entire testimony as recorded on Dr. Dobson's Focus on the Family show. Absolutely. In fact, I'll just share right now that the intensity that I came back from that experience with then caused me to write several books. I never planned on being an author, but I have written several books now inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the one book that I would recommend to your listeners who are wondering if Christianity is true and what about other religions? Why wouldn't they also have some validity? My first book, Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies, is a perfect book, not only for people with questions, but also for Christians to understand their faith more confidently to be able to better share it. So I want to make that known right away. Um, I think it's a timely book. And as far as my testimony goes with my sudden cardiac arrest, my main website is PamelaChristianMinistries.com. And if you'll just add a slash and then the words, bless your heart, you'll be taken to the page where there is some video and audio available for you and much more about my story. I want to encourage everybody to go to that website, listen to the testimony, uh, think about getting those resources, because the more we grow, the more we learn, the stronger we're able to stand in the faith, no matter what situation we're in. I want to thank everybody for joining us today again on the Be Healed podcast. I'm Pastor Steve Hannett. And for those who would like to send your testimony or any thoughts and questions or ideas about future podcast topics, please send them to contact at everyhousenow.org. And we'd be happy to review them and look at them and pray for you. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless. And I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.